Welcome to the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarios. So I'm Guy Gordon, and you know that each month we're going to be talking with a special guest for a discussion about the electrification of our transportation ecosystem. From new battery technology, ride sharing, the latest EVs to consumer habits in the EV world, we're really hoping to give you a great preview of what's to come as the world races towards electrification on Powering Tomorrow presented by Clarios. And you can subscribe to the Powering Tomorrow podcast and have them downloaded each month through iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Now, today I have the pleasure to speak with Sam Abul Al-Samid, analyst with Guidehouse Insights. Sam, uh, thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Guy. As you look at investment decisions being made by the OEMs, uh, and we just hear all the chatter about EVs, how much investment is being shifted away from autonomous vehicles, which were the rage just a year ago, to EVs? I would say uh, the amount that's being shifted away from autonomous is probably pretty small. There, there hasn't actually been much of a slowdown in AV investment. Uh, if anything, it's, it's actually grown at the same time that uh, EV investment has grown. Interesting, because it seems that the maybe it's just the buzz that has slowed down then. Yeah, you know, the the industry as a whole has come to the realization over the last couple of years that uh, automated driving is a much more difficult problem than everybody thought five or six years ago. And it's going to take longer to get there. But we will get there. Progress is being made. And we're going to we're starting to see some small scale deployments in various locations. Uh, Like, for example, uh, Argo is uh, by before the end of this month is expected to launch a robo taxi service in Austin and Miami. Uh, they're going to start deliveries with Walmart in Austin, Miami, and Washington, D.C. Uh, Waymo is doing stuff in Arizona and will probably start in San Francisco early next year. Same thing with Cruise. Uh, Motional is uh, launching a multi-city service in 2023. So it, it's happening. Uh, it's just happening at a slower pace than we, uh, than we had expected. You know, it's interesting. Is this a blessing in disguise that they can quietly do this prototype testing in real-world situations without maybe all the scrutiny and maybe some of the controversy that would have come of that because the attention is now on EVs? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it, it doesn't hurt that uh, uh, that they're getting a little less attention to what's going on uh, as they do this testing. You know, they still, you know, because they're testing in real world conditions with safety critical systems, they do have to make sure that they're doing it in a safe and responsible way. And and most companies, with with one distinct exception, are doing that. Uh, so I think that you know that's that's definitely progress. All right, don't just leave that hanging there. Who is the distinct <laughs> exception? Oh, uh, that would be Tesla. That's uh, what by, by putting beta software into customer vehicles, you know, for, for people that haven't been trained as test drivers, as engineers that know what they're looking for in experimental software, you know, that's just irresponsible and reckless. And since you brought it up, how problematic is that for the other OEMs? They're trying to do this responsibly. Uh, I think, you know, the, the big issue there is that if something happens, if something bad happens, if there's a, a crash, particularly a fatal crash, uh, then it cast a, a, a bad you know a bad light on autonomous technology as a whole and then it has the potential to hurt customer adoption or customer trust in the technology right. so that when it does come up from responsible companies they they may not be willing to use it are they missing an opportunity? I mean, I, I saw GM uh, just a couple of months ago say it's boosting investment into EVs mm-hmm. and AVs by 30 percent. 
and yet, and then they go on to talk about just the EV uh, side of the equation and the boost in investment there. The the AV question is really left unanswered. Are they missing an opportunity to to not continue to um, to, to boast about their investments in AVs and and where we're headed and the progress that's being made? Uh, I don't think so because you know, as I said, you know, because it's going to take a little longer for it to roll out on a large scale. Uh, you know. Talking about it too much now uh, runs the risk of it appearing to be vaporware, you know, something that doesn't actually exist. Right. Uh, whereas they'd rather wait until they're a little closer to being ready to do a commercial launch. And I expect that Cruz, for example, GM, uh, will probably uh, launch uh, their commercial service, a commercial ride handling service in San Francisco sometime in the first part of 2021, once, or 2022, I should say, once they get their permit from the California Public Utilities Commission. The EVs, on the other hand, are much closer to right. being something that consumers can buy. Uh, you know, they're, they're starting, they've started production of the, the Hummer EV. Uh, there's a whole bunch of EVs coming from a, a wide array of manufacturers uh, over the next 12 months. And that's something that people can actually go out and buy. And so I, I think that's why they, they're trying to drum up interest in that right now. On the AV side of things, give us an idea of the milestones that you're going to be looking for in 2022. Um, I think you know, seeing more um, ri- robo taxi type services launching um, without safety drivers. You know, we've had some uh, for a number of years now. Motional has been doing a robo taxi service with Lyft in uh, in Las Vegas since 2018. Uh, Waymo has been doing it in Arizona for a similar period of time. They do have some limited. R- areas where they do driverless operations. Um, Argo is going to be launching with safety drivers uh, late this year. Uh, But uh, next year, I do expect to see more uh, services without safety drivers. Another area for autonomous technology where I think we're going to see some real progress in 2022 is more work with deliveries. Uh, Because that's I think that's actually going to be probably a bigger business is doing automated deliveries uh, over the next several years than robo-taxis. It's, it's, it's an interesting time, and in terms of mass production for consumer vehicles, other than Tesla, uh, that you and I may actually be able to give consideration to, when might that happen? For automated vehicles, uh, yeah. probably not. Uh, you know, not until later in the decade. Uh, you know, we'll see some limited automated capabilities on some high-end vehicles. Uh, you know, probably in the 2024, 25 timeframe, uh, maybe even as early as 2023. Uh, you know, that'll be limited to, uh, for example, automated highway driving, uh, where you know, unlike the s- systems like GM Super Cruise and Ford's Blue Cruise today, where you can take your hands off the wheel, but you still have to watch the road and be ready to take over. These would be systems where you don't even have to watch the road. Uh, you can relax it back and relax. You don't have to supervise it all the time, uh, but it will be in, in, in geofenced areas, you know, specific to divided highways, for example, to start with. Okay. In, in terms of the, the, the startup and the, uh, the startup community that, that is going to be sourcing and supporting the AV development, are they still getting the level of capital investment that they need, or have we seen with this shift in priorities or the perceived shift in priorities uh, more consolidations and maybe less investment? Uh, yeah, no, I think they are still getting the investment. You know, quite a few uh, companies have gone public this year through SPAC transactions, particularly LiDAR companies. And uh, I think 
you know, what, what we're what we're actually starting to see is a shift um, where they're still working on you know the so-called level four, you know the, the fully automated vehicles, but we're seeing the tech a lot of the technologies that have been developed for automated driving over the last five eight years uh, now being brought back towards driver assist systems. So driver assist systems uh, like Super Cruise and Blue Cruise are getting more sophisticated. And GM in October announced plans for their Ultra Cruise system, which is their next generation beyond Super Cruise. Uh, And for example, that system will incorporate a LiDAR sensor. Uh, Volvo earlier this year announced that their next generation XC90 launching next year uh, is going to have LiDAR as standard equipment. There's a number of companies that are now building vehicles with LiDAR uh, as standard equipment. And so we're seeing uh, things like LiDAR, imaging radar, and more powerful computers being inco- that have, were developed for automated vehicles being incorporated back into more right. mainstream vehicles for driver assist. And we hear so much about the semiconductor shortage and the, the chips that are you know, holding back production on a lot of key vehicles. Is it impacting the research community in terms of the, the, the level of computing power necessary to run the new software that they're writing and testing these prototypes? Uh, for research, not so much because, you know, the number of units that you need for that, you know, is comparatively small relative to mass production. I mean, we're talking, you know, for test fleets, you know, hundreds or at the, the very most, you know, low thousands of vehicles. Um, where, you know, where it has an impact is when you want to start deploy it, deploying it for mass production when you need hundreds of thousands to millions of units. That's that's where it becomes more problematic for 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 research and development purposes you know they can get the number of components that they need for that without too much difficulty very good and what's the one thing that as you look ahead to 2022 that you're going to find most intriguing we hear about apple we you've discussed some of the other you know signposts that we may see what's got you jazzed uh, just the, the sheer number of EVs that are coming to market. Uh, tomorrow I'll be flying out to uh, um, California to drive Hyundai's new EV, the Ionic 5. Uh, you know, right now uh, we have about 20 EV nameplates available for sale in the United States. By this time next year, we will have double that. We'll have at least 40. And the, the year after that, we may come close to doubling that again. So in over the next... 12 to 24 months, we're going to have EVs in virtually every segment of the market at a wide range of price points from you know, sub thirty thousand dollars up to you know hundred thousand dollar plus vehicles like the Hummer EV, and so the the choices of EVs are for consumers are going to be much broader, and they'll be able to to find just about any type of vehicle they want as an, with an option as a, as a uh, pure pure battery electric vehicle. Yeah, in the meantime, I, I'm waiting for that hands-off experience that you talked about that's uh, coming later in the decade, uh, where I can actually uh, put my mind and my eyes elsewhere. Uh, Sam, thanks so much. We uh, do appreciate the insights that you provide at Guidehouse Insights, and uh, enjoy that ionic test drive, and thanks for being with us. Uh, my pleasure, Guy. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for being with us today. That's the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarios. And don't forget to subscribe to each month's podcast downloaded straight to your device wherever you get your podcast. And tell your friends about it. Until next month, this is Guy Gordon.